Hey everybody, and welcome to No Story is Sacred. If you've never listened before, basically we're four siblings who grew up talking about the art of storytelling. Now that we're adults, we're still talking about it, and we're inviting you to join the conversation. Hey guys, uh, I, I don't want to go by Brendan anymore. Uh, I want you to, what, what's this, what's this thing I'm holding in my hand? I'll just go by that now. You mean, you mean the thing that everybody already knows? It's a part of the common, common parlance? Yeah. Well, in this case, it's coffee mug. So I'm coffee mug, one of the new siblings. Nice wow. to meet you. Wow. And here, over here, I was just thinking, it's just a dagger I see before me, the hand, handle towards my hand. Um, <laughs> oh. oh man, now I've got an idea for a story. Anyway, uh, <laughs> woo. Uh, I'm Pippin and I'm not alone. Aw, best song in the game. Right? And I'm Alex and you don't need a reason to help people. Ooh, nice. See, you guys both reference the main character and I just make a goof. <laughs> that's how life works here. Yeah. Yeah, that's how life works. Oh, also, I, I'm Pippin, and I'm still getting over a cold, so when I laugh, I cough. <laughs> and speaking of colds, our sister Cat also has a cold, and so she shall not be joining us tonight. <laughs> Only she lost her voice. Yep, she completely lost her voice, got kidnapped by the king of Bulgaria or something. Uh, so today, because Cat's not here, that means... We'll just, uh, talk about video games. Hey! As we always do when she's not around. Yeah, it's like video games or D&D. It's gonna be one of those two things, so. It, it's become a habit at this point. <laughs> yeah, we need help. So today, we're gonna be talking about the video game from the year 2000, Final Fantasy IX. So, spoilers abound. And if you want specific content warnings about things we might talk about, check out the show notes on nostoryissacred.com. Now, for those of you who have never played Final Fantasy IX, the summary according to Wikipedia is, Players follow the bandit, Zidane Tribal, who kidnaps the Alexandrian princess, Garnet Alexandros, uh, the 17th? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> As part of a gambit by the neighboring nation of Lindblom, he joins Garnet and a growing cast of characters on a quest to take down her mother, Queen Bronn of Alexandria. Who started the war? The plot shifts when the players learn that Bronn is a pawn of a more menacing threat, Kuja, who shares a mysterious history with Zidane spanning two worlds. Dun, dun, Spoilers, dun. my god. And I, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a, like, like a disc free reveal. I, yeah. I didn't read the summary before I pasted it in. Yeah, Pip. <laughs> so, speaking of spoiler, there's, uh, oh, this, this game, video game came in not one, not two, not three, but four discs on the PlayStation 1. Like all the good games did. Yeah, that was well, a- Well, 7 was good and came on three discs. Was it only three? Yep. Well- If I remember right. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, where's Fallen Fantasy 7 now? Uh, well, uh, that's actually kind of why we're talking about 9 today while Cat's away sick, is that, you know, they're- there's that remake or remaster or however we're calling it coming out soon. I mean, it's a bit too intense to be called a remaster. Yeah, it's a it's a remake. I believe it's actually called remake. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but we're not talking about Final Fantasy VII right now because we haven't. None of us have replayed it recently enough to really talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I still have opinions about it. Like the entire plot could have been avoided if Sephiroth had just had a nap and eaten the sandwich. Uh. 
But <laughs> Indeed. that's not what we're talking about today. Well, that and, I don't know, I still have a soft spot in my heart for Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX was the first Final Fantasy I ever played. Same. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, the first one for me was Final Fantasy I, nerds. I, we get it. You liked it before it was cool. Um, exactly. I, I had my thick brim glasses over here. <laughs> As the only one here who actually wears thick rimmed glasses, I am offended. Uh, actually, wow. Actually, I remember when you got out of Final Fantasy A9. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it was a summer. You yep. had just, I, I believe that was like your first year. Yeah, it was my first year working as a camp counselor. And like any teenager who is suddenly flush with cash, I wanted yeah. to spend that crap as soon as possible. I mean, I'm an adult woman and I'm still like every paycheck. I'm like, oh man, what do I spend it on? Even though I'm an adult <laughs> woman, I'm like, no, fucking save it. <laughs> save it or bills. Oh, oh All no. my bills are automatic at this point. So I just, suddenly the money just disappears. <laughs> and it's really sad. And I remember friends at camp had the game and I was like, this is pretty cool. I want to get this game and a PlayStation. And so, like, the first two games I got for it were, like, this and Dark Cloud. <laughs> was Dark Cloud PlayStation 1? It was PlayStation no. 2. Brent got a PlayStation 2. Ah, uh, and yeah. which was backwards compatible. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because we kind of skipped around uh, consoles because I had, like, an N64. But before that, we had a Genesis because Sega. that's what we got uh, Mortal Kombat on. Uh, but, yeah, it was... It was the first game that I really played through on the PlayStation uh, system, I guess. <laughs> I, and yeah, no regrets. Fair enough. Yeah, 9 was the first Final Fantasy I played, so therefore it has a special place in my heart. Uh, though, uh, most days 8 is my favorite. And then, and then comes on, 7. I hear, I hear the screaming of nerds in the background. Listen, they're, they're sharpening pitchforks. Nerds can bite me. That's true. They can. They're <laughs> also, I'm also willing to bet that they're wrong about Final Fantasy VII. I mean. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, they're busting down the door now. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should remember to talk about Final Fantasy VII at some later point. The next time Cat's yes. sick. <laughs> next time Cat's sick, we'll do, we're, we're kind of just jumping around the Final Fantasy timeline. We'll, we'll do, Maybe Final Fantasy VII. Maybe we'll do Final Fantasy One. Who knows? It's going to be a mystery. <laughs> that one will just be you talking to the mic for an hour. <laughs> so let me get this straight. We only uh, really explore the story once we uh, cross this one weird bridge. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So Final Fantasy Nine. Boom. So uh, let, let's let's talk about this. All right. Uh, let, let's uh, start from. I'm the beginning. You're a thief. I don't think, think, uh, I think Bandit is kind of pushing it. Yeah. I, uh, here's the thing. I believe Zidane would identify as a Bandit, but he is in fact a thief. But he's also an actor. Come on. Tell me the difference. He also steals hearts. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the kidnap, kidnap, up with quotation marks. Uh, the Princess Garnet. Well, she is wanting to get the hell out of Dodge. It's a super convenient kidnapping. They want to kidnap her. She wants to run away with them. It's 
symbiotic. And they happen to bring along her knight and this random nine-year-old that uh, happened to be around there. The nine-year-old can also summon fireballs, so... <laughs> the nine-year-old can bend reality. Like, that, that is, like, in, in terms of cosmic coincidences for later in the game. True. <laughs> you know, that, that could play into destiny. I mean, that's always a theme, potentially, in fantasy stories. Well, uh, I, I believe especially in Final Fantasy IX, isn't it? Uh, yeah. No. Well, it, well, what Final Fantasy IX uses, uh, is, uh, thematically, are the concepts of plays. Oh, yeah. Plays and memory. It actually, it's not a, this isn't a destiny story, this is a memory story. Uh, yeah. Memory and family. Uh, and identity. Found family! It's also about identity. Mm. Yep. And how our memories and our family shape that. And how we can and go, no, no, no. I can choose to shape my own identity. Well, so, so, uh, Princess Garnet, uh, who in an attempt to, uh, hide who she is, cause suddenly when you get kidnapped, everyone wants to find you. What? Weird. Uh, renames herself Dagger, uh, which is what Brennan was referencing, uh, at the beginning with his intro, because she looks at a Dagger and is like, what's this called? And there's like a Dagger? Exactly Sounds good myself. to me. That's what normal people are called around here, right? <laughs> and today it's all like, sure. I mean, dagger is what you call oh, a biker's ride or die bitch, but you know. <laughs> Listen, she was exploring her new identity. So uh, they go off. She wanted to leave the kingdom because she wanted to go over to the neighboring kingdom of Limbom. Yep. Because it is run by her, I want to say like godfather sort of figure. They weren't uh, actually. Uncle, she calls him uncle, yeah. uh, a fam, family friend because they're royalty yeah. <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, she calls him uncle, but it's in the familiarity kind of sense, not yeah. the bloodline kind of sense. Because she wants to talk to him because her mother, the queen, has been acting strangely. Uh, her mother, the queen, has been getting kind of war hungry. Mm. Not just kind of war hungry, very war hungry, as we soon learn. Mm. Yep. War. war, the the snack that uh, royalty craves. <laughs> <laughs> so, beginning antagonists are the uh, creatures that Queen Bran sends after you to get Garnet back. Because she really wants her daughter back. It's super important that she get her daughter back, but not out of love. It's because Garnet is a summoner! <laughs> Which is to say, she has the magical ability to summon otherworldly creatures of immense power. I.e., she can call in a nuke. That's her starting ability. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the beginning, you can't summon yet. You don't have that. You don't have enough MP, yeah. You don't have enough MP. And actually, M- yeah? I-, I misspoke. They're not otherworldly. They're really spiritual guardians of the planet like you do it, it depends on the game yeah the old final fantasy eight uh eight these were the guardian forces the gfs in seven what were they in seven uh materia materia were they just was uh, materia the, the probably, fucking everything the summons were materia uh, but they're probably because materia is made from mako and it comes from the live stream they're probably memories is from the live stream Cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, every Final Fantasy game has these summons. 
Uh, in this game, only certain people can do summons. Yeah. Which we'll get to later. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Remember, four discs. Um, My God. <laughs> so eventually she does get Garnet. She steals the summons called Eidolons here uh, from Garnet. Which uh, is a dick move. Dick move. Uh, one might call it child abuse. Mm-hmm. She was saving the Osama. Hands. Uh, she is then okay with Garnet dying, but sh- Garnet Dagger, whatever, is thankfully saved, uh, before she can be killed. Conveniently, I think that's when the, uh, first, uh, was it, uh, heel face turn happens, cause there are uh, many points in the game before that you had been basically, uh, encountering the general of the armies, uh, Beatrix, Beatrix who is awesome, but like, in every single encounter with her, she just eventually ends the fight by KOing everybody. She's like, are you done? Are you done? One hit KO. <laughs> okay, that was fun, kids. Let's go home. It was important that I give you a sense of accomplishment. Exactly. But then she sees the fact that, like, wait, the, the queen is okay with the princess dying? Wait, oh shit, I've been on the bad side. <laughs> oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> But Garnet doesn't die. Doesn't die. <laughs> uh, is saved. And so I was trying to f- remember the order of operations. Uh, well, be- uh, in the meantime, the queen commits basically almost genocidal war crimes against the neighboring kingdoms during the saving. Used Odin on Clara. You. Yep. Used uh, yeah, a- Atmos on Limbum. So she uses the Eidolons that she took from her daughter to uh, commit mass destruction on other kingdoms. So, uh, And we learn she does this at the behest of Kuja! Who um, is our end of, ac- or end of disc one villain reveal character. Yes. Uh, which is why I wasn't... I couldn't actually remember when Beatrix did her heel face turn. Oh. Because she's in Clara. Disc two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, or actually, also- no. All of, uh, Kim's Luke is grotto to, uh, uh, the end of the Aoife tree is, uh, disc two. Wow. Yeah. Uh, heartbreak. Boom. Mm-hmm. Boom. <laughs> boom. Boom. <laughs> the first time Beatrix <laughs> kicks her ass is the end of disc one. So yeah, uh, at this point, the queen, power hungry AF, is convinced to go and attack other places in the world why settle for the continent when you can rule the planet and over the course of this our heroes are like exploring the world conveniently a different continent that queen brown is going to be attacking later oops uh we discover uh the aforementioned ifa tree which is uh creating this substance called the mist which was prevalent in the first act which is basically like stagnated dead souls, which spawn yeah. monsters. A, no, a byproduct of a of of dead souls. Yeah, even more you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's not important. That that doesn't come back later, right? Oh, nah, no, no. Nah, why no, would no, it? No, nah, no. Nah. Why? Why? Why would it? Uh, important to know. I think the other continents don't have mist. They don't. Uh, and the airships on our starting con- uh, continent run on mist. Which is why the other continents Ooh. haven't been explored, because they don't have the mist to be 
explored. Yeah. What it's also like later on when you find out uh find out the origins of the origins of the mist, you're like, wait, 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 wait. We've been powering our stuff on the dead? On the souls of the dead. Oh. Souls of Oops. the dead makes it worse, because I was about to make a, a, a joke about gas. <laughs> or capitalism. So, yeah. At this point, after after we discover the Aoife tree, uh, that's when Queen Braun attacks and unleashes the most powerful summon yet. And that's when we get the uh, Kuja is the big bad reveal where it's revealed that, oh, yes, he was waiting for this moment because he knew about this uber powerful summon and uses convenient science fiction ship magic to take over uh, the summon Bahamut and kills the queen. So, you know. Trauma. Yeah. But also, that's one problem solved. Solved itself. Yeah. 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 Really, uh, our, our characters didn't need to kill Queen Braun. Hey. Though. Go team. Though Garnet is with her when she dies. Uh, Braun has mm-hmm. the last moment, uh, realization of, of what she did, uh, and regret. And she dies in Garnet's arms. And Garnet has a healthy dose of PTSD. Uh, and is mute. Uh, not, not, not you yet. No, you're right. You're right. It's after. Okay. Yeah. yeah it comes uh, later. When, when did that happen? Oh, right. <laughs> uh, but I want to say this, uh, that like Queen Imbran's death, like is made especially, uh, like that is kind of narrated from Vivi's point of view. Oh, Vivi. Oh, yes. Oh, poor Vivi. And Vivi's like, I don't know how to feel. I should hate her. <laughs> I should hate, hate this woman. And cause, uh, cause she was evil. Oh, side my note. frame of reference. Side note, Vivi is what's called a black mage. He is a slightly different version of a black mage than what is seen in the rest of the game. Uh, but black mages are created and they were used as the foot soldiers of Queen Brown's war. So Vivi has significant reason to not like this woman. Uh, because, and it brings into the issues of identities. Like who is he? Why was he created? Uh, why was he brought to his world? What is his purpose? Then he sees his brethren who are forced to to fight and kill and die uh, for a purpose they don't understand. Yep. Uh, he's also never – he doesn't know what happens after you die. And he doesn't understand the process. We have a character who is very young having to come to terms with real heavy, heavy stuff. <laughs> man, that's heavy. Oof. But like, man. Yeah. That is narrated from Vivi's point of view, and it's heartbreaking on multiple levels. I forgot about that, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So Garnet Dagger, Dagger Garnet, uh, is now queen yeah. of uh, Alexandria. Go queen! Yay! Yes! Which is great for all of five minutes! <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> because... Which is kind of handy, because during this time that she's all being queen... Zidane, our hero, our pre, you know, you know, uh, primary protagonist, yeah. is basically being a mopey, mopey guy. Cause the girl he likes is now queen and he'll never see her again. Too busy for his shit. Uh, well, uh, Freya, uh, one of the other characters who is, who is Promethean, and already had her fill of tragedy, has no time for Zidane's shit. She's like, what the <laughs> fuck ever? My, my boyfriend is, 
It's, it's both missing and amnesiac. <laughs> You'll get over it. <laughs> my country's been destroyed. My people are now refugees. Uh, I, I am now a part of a diasporic, uh, race and my boyfriend is missing and doesn't remember me. What? And that's, and that's where my story concludes. <laughs> uh, and now I Damn. have to deal with your shit. <laughs> And hey, to be fair, Freya gets stuff in the epilogue of the game. <laughs> That's true. Poor Freya. Ah, oh, Freya. They did her dirty. To be forgotten is worse than death. Oof. And the writers forgot her. <gasps> oh. Oh. Boom. But anyway, uh, shit goes down. Uh, Real quick. Does Kuja attack? Uh, yeah. yeah. With Bahamut? Uh, yep. Yeah. And Mr. Dons. Miss uh, Monsters, yeah. Yeah, it's on the ground and he's going to attack with Bahamut. But she, Dagger does, is able to, oh, somewhere in there, they went to another country and picked up Aiko. Um, <laughs> another character. Yay. Shit. Uh, this time, <laughs> I forgot about six, her. At this time, like, what, like a six-year-old or something? I know. Really young kid. Like, this is the thing in uh, JRPGs, like, half of your characters are, are way too young to be uh, fighting here. <laughs> But Aiko is also the last of her race, except for Whoa. Dagger, as it turns out, because she was lost at sea and then adopted by the queen, which is why they don't look alike. Yep. Uh, but the point is, at this point, D Dagger now knows that she is a summoner. She has these powers. She and Aiko summon Alexander. Yes. Which is a yeah, yeah. Fuck off, Alex. Uh, Alex. <laughs> yeah, Alex has showed up in the game. It was weird. It guys. was super weird. Like, and and as you just said, Garland shows up and says, "Fuck off, Alexander." <laughs> yeah, and basically nukes the shiny new summon and mm, a bunch of the city with it. Oops. So they retreat out of the city uh, because they have to figure out how to solve this. And that's when Garnet goes mute because of all the PTSD. So much. It's like one too many tragedies all in a row, all on her shoulders because now she's queen. She's responsible for everybody. And Bahamut was still technically her summon. Mm. And so there are some more shenanigans. Uh, you have to take Dagger to the, for lack of a word, better word, dungeon, where you really need to be using magic users, but because she's mute and can't talk, and most uh, magic is done through speaking, uh, it is a bad time from a play standpoint. <laughs> uh, one thing leads to another, and so to speak, uh, and... A lot more shit happens. A ton of shit happens. Uh, and it turns out there's another planet in another dimension, and that's where Kuja comes from! But not just Kuja, because you know what? We've had another character, our protagonist, who's been dealing with some identity issues himself, turns out. Back in disc 2, he, he uh, told uh, Dagger uh, a touching story about a uh, older guy who, who left home, home to find where he came from and never found it. And it's like, like, well, I'll just be myself then. And, and like, who is that about? And the name's like, totally not me. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it was about Zidane. <laughs> yep. But turns out, he's an alien! <laughs> Yay! And <laughs> that's so why Kuja. he and Kuja both have tails! And they're brothers! What? <gasps> because we find out on this alien world that Kuja and Zidane are special. 
they were sent to our original planet here to uh, basically be angels of death. And destroy everything. Only one of them was actually trying to do it. Because Zidane straight up forgot. He got dropped on his head as a baby. Yeah, it's it's a classic Goku scenario. It's never explained why Zidane forgot. Uh, cause Kuja grabbed him and then dump, and then ditched him, um, like. Ditched him on Gaia, yeah. I could just kill him, but no. Nah. <laughs> Look, fratricide is not Kuja's thing at first. <laughs> he learns better. He does. Who doesn't have a good spot of fratricide? Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Al. But. This this reveal that uh, Zidane was supposed to be, like, the more perfected angel of death, which really ah, got on Kuja's yeah. nerves, because at this point, Kuja would be redundant and therefore dead. Death, <gasps> hey. It's a theme in this game, isn't it? Yeah, basically sent Zidane to Earth with no memory or really any mission. But this revelation to Zidane causes him to have, like, a huge existential crisis, like you do. Yeah, but listen, it was his turn. Everyone else got one. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so uh, and you know it makes sense for our protagonist who's had kind of this happy-go-lucky bravado thing going for most of the game to have this moment basically right before the end of the game. It must suck to always g- wonder who am I, why am I here, where do I come from, and to have the answer be you're from another planet and you were sent here to kill everyone, to kill everyone you love. <gasps> What? Yay! So he does a heroic blue screen of death. Yep. Always a good time. And he's, he tries to push off his friends away. But his friends are like, Fuck hey, you. asshole, sit right there. We're helping you out whether you like it or not. Yeah. Uh, also, we're all kind of still on this other planet, so yeah. So we really can't do much else. <laughs> good music plays during this time. Uh, the best song in the game is during that play. Uh, yep. it's called Not Alone. It's great. Maybe, may or may not be based, uh, have my tattoo based on it. What? Whoa. Cause Whoa. I have a tattoo that says Not Alone. Aw. Uh, and, and, and a lot of things feed into it, but, uh, Final Fantasy IX is part of it. <laughs> Treat yourself to listening to the orchestral version. It's nice. Yes. So, Pip. Pip. Yes. Yes. You, I gotta say, Final Fantasy IX is probably your favorite if you have a, a tattoo of it. <laughs> Listen, like, I I contain multitudes. Uh, I really, I you are legion. I am legion. I really love both games. And also, you just don't know where to put Griever. <sighs> listen, listen. Uh, I'll just get door back that tattoo that says "Curse All Seeds." Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I. Did not think that through before I said it. <laughs> but you know what? Here we are. Hello, mom and dad. Hey, um, mom. Hey, hey, dad. Also, what uh, tattoo? I don't have a tattoo. <laughs> but like, well, the thing I'll say about like comparing eight to nine real quick as a story aside is that I felt that nine had a bit more of a concise theming to it. Mm. Like, you had, like, a digestible, like, not alone aspect, memory as an aspect. So there's something a bit strong there, I think. I, uh, I feel like 8 and 9 are talking about the same things. Yeah. Uh, and That's fair. Yeah, they're, they're, both, oh, yeah. they're both about identity. And, and there's a memory aspect, too. 
True. Oh yeah. <laughs> like when six, five of your six po- main playable characters have amnesia. Hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing. Seven also has memory stuff going on. Yeah, they do. It's almost as if memory is actually one of the things that, that is important in the Final Fantasy series. Maybe. And something that may have been lost in later games. Whoa. Oh man, is that why I don't play the later games? Oh, I, I think memory, he plays it into, uh, Final Fantasy X. I, yeah, yeah. No. Memories of Xanarkand. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, definitely. But like, by the time we get to like, <laughs> Final Fantasy 13, Fair. I don't think memory is a major theme in that game. Yeah. Because memory, what we remember feeds into who we are and who we are is who, who we are. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> who we are is who we are. Uh, uh, no story is sacred. I think, uh, Final Fantasy 14, you know, has, uh, some memory stuff, but I haven't, uh, uh, but no, uh, so the, the Dane finds, <laughs> figures out he's not alone and he gets better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he gets better. He he, you know, is remind remembers the fact that wait a second, I'm not an asshole. Okay, guys, sorry, had to have that little freak out. I'm cool, and everybody else is like, yeah, we cool. Ah, uh, they then go to fight. They confront uh, Garland. Kuja. They fight Garland, who created uh, Kuja and Zidane. And oh, we we didn't mention one thing that was important about the whole entire angel of death part and why they had to kill everybody on the planet. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yes. Basically, bunch of fantasy bullshit. Uh, <laughs> isn't the original planet or the planet Zidane and yeah, Kucha came from? Isn't it dying? And they're trying to transmigrate all the souls from the dying Gaia to no, from the dying Terra to the living in Gaia, but to do that. They need to get all the old souls out, and, uh... Not enough room this town for the two of us. And to do that, they just have to keep on killing all the people until the souls are all gone. Because the answer to all of our problems is genocide. And that's actually what the Aoife tree was doing this entire time, is with all those souls dying from these wars they started, all of them aren't rejoining the cycle of rebirth on the planet and therefore, there's room on the planet's soul meter now for Terran souls. Hey. So, again, bunch of fantasy bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's kind of important to note. Yeah, I'm saying it in a loving way. <laughs> also important to note towards the end of the game, uh, Kuja's freaking the fuck out because he's realized that he himself has a time limit. Like, he's got a short one. He's got an expiration date and it is coming up. Because one thing that was mentioned earlier on in the game was that the black mages have a short lifespan, which again causes existential crisis in our little VV character. Ah, wait, 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 wait. I'm mortal. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Wait, is, is Kucha just a really super intense black mage? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh. I, I just pieced that together. Yeah, like, wow. It was meant to be ironic. <laughs> listen. 20 listen. years later. Listen, this is why eight is my favorite. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, uh, Kuja, go. Kuja goes Super Saiyan <laughs> and then destroys Terra. So, you know, problem solved, guys. Yeah, all, hey. that, all that work, uh, for out of the window. Somehow we end up in Crystal World. Well, what happens is we all return back to our original planet 
And unfortunately, Kuja follows us there because he's kind of a jerk like that. Real mad about the whole dying thing. And he realizes that he is gonna die. But you know what? This world, it doesn't deserve to be around if I'm not around. I'm just gonna go destroy the planet now. Peace, y'all. And everyone's all like, wait, we don't want the world to die. We live here. And so <laughs> we follow him to basically the planet's crystal heart or whatever. Really? The source of all life on the planet. It's a, yeah, in a place that's called, what that wait for it, Memoria. <laughs> Whoa, theme subtle. world. This is real subtle work, you guys. Yep. What's fun about Memoria, I forgot it was called that. I remember the beginning of the game really well. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what's cool about Memoria, and I love Final Fantasy name in general, Final Fantasy Nine in general, is that it references uh, older Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. Thus being like the only Final Fantasy game that does tries to even kind of tries to tie in to the larger Final Fantasy ethos. Uh, the, the, well, the, there's some other. No, no, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Uh, the, the, like lots of other games do uh, tie-ins, uh, Easter eggs. Yeah, small ones. Cough, Gilgamesh. Cough. Yeah. Uh, like, Easter eggs are, uh, but uh, Final Fantasy Nine has a uh, does have uh, the re- return of the four fiends. True, but that's that's a, that's on the side here. But like, I guess we 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 kind of get to the destruction of the crystal. Like, Kuja kind of wins, yeah, or succeeds, yeah, he can, yeah. and uh, he kind of does because he basically <laughs> attacks the shit out of the crystal. And at that point, uh, I think the literal embodiment of death in the universe comes by. Yep. I'm yep. Entro- And it's like, yep, what up? I'm entropy. Whoa. So uh, I'm here to destroy the planet. What's up? I, oh, I, hey. Uh, I do remember that that creature's name is Necron. Yeah. Yes. Like, hey, you have, you have feminine and masculine aspects. Yep. Are we going to comment on that? Nope. 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 <laughs> Oh, hey, uh, you guys got half your party revived thanks to the power of friendship. That's cool. I'm still going to destroy everything. Uh, neat. Hold on while I do an attack that uh, does random status uh, elements. Oh, all of them. It. Ain't that cool? Oh, I'm annoyed all over again. <laughs> like, that was like one of the harsher criticisms, I think, for Nine was that the final boss came out of nowhere. Doesn't death always come out of nowhere? Exactly. Like, I think in one theory that uh, Necron is the other side of the Aoife tree. Oh, uh, yeah. I like that. That's cool. I think they could have explained it more like a little bit like, okay, that's what that is. That's where that came from. Like explaining that, hey, the literal incarnation of entropy and death in the universe is a thing. <laughs> it's what happens when you accidentally destroy a planet's core. Oops. Accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Like, maybe that's what happened to Terra originally. Like, it came by and destroyed the planet's core. Oops. And now it's dying. Mm. Something like that. That's my story change. Shit. Hey. Hey. Uh, Well, speaking of story changes, hey, guys. hmm. We got to the end of the game, and I just suggested a story change, which is explaining where the hell the final boss came from. I know. That seems like a stretch. Easy peasy. Uh, uh. Yeah. Something I, I want to quickly mention is uh-huh. something that I recently noticed uh, while listening to uh, the Final Fantasy IX soundtrack. And I asked myself, is You're Not Alone and uh, Kuja's uh, Final Boss theme the only pieces of music that you use electric guitars in that game? And is it? I'm fairly certain it is. I, I, I tried re-listening to it again, and I haven't heard them. And like, huh. Huh. 
the brother, the two brothers who, ha- who, who at their lowest moments, turn to electric guitar. Well, that means that Tara invented rock and roll. Yeah. No, if Tara invented rock and roll, it would have uh, lived because, as we all learned from Bill and Ted, rock and roll saves the world. True. Let's go diving more into story changes, because we've been talking for a while about Final Fantasy IX. Turns out it has a lot of story. Who uh, knew? What? Four discs. Uh, what? Okay, Bren. Yeah? Expand upon, like, you were joking, but actually, no. Expand upon. Uh-huh, no. Expand upon how to fix the final boss. So, I touched on it briefly, kind of in jest, but now that I'm thinking about it more, because again, we're, we're doing this episode off the cuff here, so, uh, we're we're improvising. As, as exemplified by amazing by my by my amazing ability to remember what happens in the second half of the game. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah. No research. We are professionals. Yeah. Um I'm a professional so, researcher. So what I would do is in the lore that we explore on Terra, we definitely get confirmation that there's this otherworldly entity that came to the planet and that's what caused the great calamity that caused the decline and eventual death of the sentient species of the planet, the original creators of the planet, yep. mm-hmm. or dominant species, whatever. So Necron doesn't necessarily come by and, like, obliterate the planet. It's just, like, a massive force of death and change. So so that's one aspect, yeah. So I just came up with a weird theory that to tie a bunch of uh, square games together. Uh huh. Yeah. Necron, Genova, and Lavos are part of the same species that go from planet to planet, uh, trying to consume. Oh, oh shit. space galactuses. Yeah, yeah, space parasites. Wait, which one is Lavos? Oof. Uh, uh, Chrono Trigger. Huh. Yeah. So the Lavos looks like, like a giant evil burr. Yeah. So I like how this actually ties Chrono Trigger into the Final Fantasy universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, maybe some of the other uh. Final Fantasy uh, Space Fleas from Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that could be kind of yeah. cool. Also, we have, like, things we can explore, like, even on our main planet. Like, we have mystics and stuff like that that might that might uh, clue in a bit more that there is some greater looming threat. Like, oh, yeah, that's you know, all these wars. That's that's fine and all. But, you know, let me tell you about the death of the universe, kid. Because, <laughs> like, it's one of those things that maybe, like, at first pass, you think that they're alluding to maybe, like, Kuja or something and his threat. But, like, no, no, it actually fits better with this force of death and entropy that comes comes a knock in uh, when Kuja uh, destroys the, or attempts to destroy the crystal. Here's the thing. Death is a looming thing throughout all of Final Fantasy IX. Yep. Bron dies. Dagger's mom dies. Dagger's birth mother dies. Who even knows about her? The, her father. The majority of the populations of a uh, of a uh, Bermesia and Clara die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vivi is ex- extremely worried and confused about death. Kuja extremely uh, worried and angry about death. It is a constant shadow over everything. So in a way, it could have been made maybe more explicit, but in a way, of course, the, the final boss always had to be death. And you know what? I'd also toy with the design a little bit of the final boss in which we'd incorporate elements that were included both in Kuja and Vivi and maybe some other uh, characters that are involved with death, maybe Ozma a little bit, which is a hidden, a hidden boss. It's really difficult. I'd be Ozma. But maybe Necron has, like, a tail and the same eyes as Vivi, Ooh. you know, or the Black Mages. 
that kind of stuff. So like these kind of simulacra are all tapping into this death incarnate and then it comes a knock and cause hey, all these death incarnates are like getting his attention and boom. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm going to eat you all. Bye. Hmm. Yeah. So nice. Hey, I, I, I came up with it from nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind if I go next? Go, go for, for it. it. Uh, Pep. Yes. You know that this is something that's been a bug in my bonnet for, for years. Mm-hmm. And the second half of the, the disc, I'm going to make sure that, that Freya actually gets a story. Hell yeah. Ah. Cause. Oh, she's so cool. She is so cool. Like from Limbum, like when you first get to Limbum to like when you flee Alexandria, the story is pretty much her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's a pretty, pretty big driver thematically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those listeners in Limbum, um, uh, you meet Freya uh, and uh, she and Zane have some banter or they're clearly friends. There's some friendly, a friendly challenge. And as they're, they're celebrating the end of, of a festival, a Promethean soldier comes in, goes, our, our country is being, it's under attack, and dies. Or did he die or just yeah. fall in okay. Dies. No, he's straight up, he, he's dead. Because of course he has to die in this game. And you're like, how did he manage to get all the way to the throne room and no one treated, and no one said anything, <laughs> and then died? <laughs> uh, but no, so you- No, it's you, like, the guards are like, no. Let him pass. Like, I have band-aids right no, here. He has something to say. Uh, uh, he can tell. It's too important. He can tell us and we can pre- probably take him through the infirmary. He can, he can yet live. No. Uh, trauma. And, <laughs> and what precedes is like Zane helping his friend. Cause that's what he does. And Vivi, uh, tagging along because, uh, was like the guy's like people with his glowing eyes and casting magic spell. Oh, blah. Like that sounds like the, like some of the bullshit that, that we encountered on the way. And to, and tags along. Cause, you know, it's mainly Freya's show cause it is her country and it is her duty. Yeah. And you get a lot of her, her, uh, feeling conflicted because she became a knight errant. So she has some guilt, but she also, oh, oh can Learned about her lost love. It's all oh, oh, great. It's all great. It's masterclass. And then you flee the, uh, Alexandria. She stays behind to, uh, to fight and save you, buy by your time. Yeah. And also have, have a great, if we were once enemy, but now let's fight on the same, same side moment with this Beatrix. And you're like, yeah, awesome. I, I'm down for that. <laughs> all right. So, so what, what do you do from there? Uh, basically, what I'm gonna have to do, cut out Amaranth. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, Pep. Uh, Emirate, a character we have not mentioned at all in the entire time we've been talking about Final Fantasy IX because... That's going to yeah. be one of my arguments, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you'll be able to touch on it, or yeah. you can touch on it now, Pep. I've, I've, I've got a, a bit more, so I'll let Alex finish. All right. So, uh, Emirate doesn't really add anything. Uh, he has, like, a weird rivalry with the Dane, and it's like... Okay. True, true, all true. They often, uh, have, you know, uh, in the second half, have, uh, have Freya hang out with, uh, Emmerich to ask, like, so what's your motivations? Why are you uh, being a dick? And it's like, it just kind of a disservice to her character because she's just kind of feels relegated to Amrit's storyline. And it's like. And it's like, what storyline? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, uh, what I would do is, uh, have more of, uh, 
Freya has, because like, Pip, you mentioned, like, uh, my people no longer have a country and all that. Uh, they uh, are refugees, they are diasporic. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna just put on all that guilt. <laughs> yeah. And, like, once we figure out, okay, the enemy is Kuja, Freya is now making a beeline for her that, like, killing him will, will probably make me less sad. She has to have a reason to stay with the group rather than staying behind and helping her people. Yeah. Oh, a very compelling reason to stay with the group. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, vengeance. Also, like, sprinkle in some, uh, Fratley uh, stuff ra- here and there just to, uh, uh, Fratley being her lost love. Yes. Yeah. Just to make, make things, you know, interesting. You know, to tie into Freya's story there, Al, a little bit, I almost would wonder if a reveal to tie into Cla- uh, to to Freya's storyline and Clara is that Clara was like the planet's counter agent to uh the Aoife tree. Mm. Kind of, you know, tie into her storyline a little bit more. It's a magical tree. Oh, I see, I see. But basically, I wanted to culminate in, you know, and uh, Amrit was like in Ispen's castle when Amrit uh-huh. was a dick. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm pretty certain like Ispen's castle ties more into a uh, Freya and Zidane, cause like, yeah. cause like, Freya and Zidane's a, uh, dynamic. Rivalry, kinda. Uh, their dynamic, uh, reads a lot like the in-game story of this guy called Ispen. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, which is a whole entire thing. Won't get into it now. <laughs> Basically, once we get to Ispen's castle, I want Freya to be like, no, we are taking too long. Mm. Yeah. And like, like, uh, like she's rushing into it because she's trying to rush into her vengeance against Kuja. Maybe some argument between her and the day. Like, like, Freya, uh, uh, what are you doing? Like, I have to do this today. Like, like, it's like, you guys wait here. I'll jump up to the top of the castle and I'll get the thing for us. Like, no, no, Freya, we're, we're doing this together. I'm your friend here. And like, she's like, you don't understand. You don't have a, a home to mourn or something like that, you know? Ooh. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Uh, and then that can turn back when it's Zedane's turn, uh, when they're in Terra. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Cause it's always the good friends that know the exact shittiest thing to say to shut you up. <laughs> and that's where the trust comes in, cause you have to trust your friends to not use the weapons that you give them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and Freya can feel super bad about that later in that same level. Yeah, because, like, with Amory, it's just like, okay, hold on, I'll go, okay, I'm back. <laughs> oh, damn it, okay. When it's with the Dane and Freya, like, it's she's my friend, I, ha- I have to go back for her, and that's what, and like, well, let's go with you, and like, no, this is, like, this is a, this is a personal thing, which can also feed into later on, uh, on in the ending of the game, like, oh, this is a pattern of behavior with you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, we forgot to mention what happens right at the very end. Shit. <laughs> I, I figured we'd save it for, you know, if people actually want to play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listeners, it's for you. <laughs> no, that's all really good. Uh I'm kind of mad about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's my goal here, Pip, to make things more difficult for you. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, um, so what I would do... Uh, and I was, I was thinking along this before you said it, but one, I, I would also remove Amaranth. He doesn't, he doesn't really do add anything. Uh, I'm not even sure he fills a, uh, Final Fantasy in general archetype. Uh, he's a monk character. Oh, is he the monk character? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he punches with his fists and claws. 
He has coin toss. He uses chakra. <laughs> okay. Wait, is coin t- toss a monk thing? I thought that was a thief thing. It's like donation. I think it's a, uh, either or. Alright. Um, but I'd get rid of Emerent and I'd also get rid of Quinna. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is a character that really doesn't do much. Yeah, because guess who else we haven't mentioned this whole time? Because at least we had mentioned the existence of Ico and Dagger's Knight, even though we never named him. Steiner. Yeah. Well, Steiner and Ico actually have stories. Yeah, they, they actually have, are involved in this. And also, oh, uh, ha, and also have identity issues. Yeah. Did, did Amrit have identity issues? Uh, he was falsely labeled a thief. Yeah. And like, that's like, cause of Zidane, and that's their story. Hey. And it's like, <laughs> like, oh wow, that's kinda lame. Not a lot to hang on there. Uh, also, when you get the flashback, like it's shown that, uh, Amrit really didn't try to, uh, try that hard to, uh, well, shake it, so. Yeah. So that, that's a weak connection. All Quinna wants to do, uh, is eat things, uh, to become a better chef, uh, and is filling the blue mage role in Final Fantasy. And I, I think that's what, why there were so many characters who was trying to fill all these roles. Yeah. yeah. And weirdly, there were two white mages, cause there was Dagger and Ico, but that's a, that was important for plot well- reasons. Well, it's because they were also, they're both summoners. Mm. But neither Amaranth, I think he's Salamander in the original yeah. Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, or Quina are at all necessary to the story. You could remove them without even changing anything else, in and fact, nothing would change. Quina is optional for Gims and Luke's gr- Grotto. Yep. There there comes a time where you have to recruit Quina, but yeah. And, and Quina's just there to, like, make bad jokes at the expense of i feel like quinna was a comedy relief only quinna's not funny yeah so i i I don't i don't know i don't know quinna's deal um but yeah so removing those characters uh even if i did nothing else they don't change the story if they're gone which says a lot true yeah so uh, what would you do in their stead uh aside from boost up freya like alex said yeah Woo-hoo. well without them there is a bit more freedom to uh play around with the relationships of the other characters you know i'm not sure Ico and steiner ever interact uh the the most no, interact- there's a major thing for those two what do they do Ico is writing a love letter halfway through the game uh, that she's intending to have be delivered to Zidane, our hero, but through romantic comedy hijinks, it gets handed to Steiner and the general Beatrix, and they fall in love. Which- okay, but that's about Be- Steiner and Beatrix's relationship, not Steiner and Ico. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, fair, fair. A quick aside. Yeah. This game uses a lot of, uh, theater, uh, imagery and, uh, and, uh, theming. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the uh, nice little uh, like uh, Easter eggs is the uh-huh. plays that uh, get referenced are made by Lord Avon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you understand the reference, Brent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shakespeare, right? Yeah. Uh, Old Bill. Yeah. Stratford upon Avon. And so that scene with the uh, Star and Beatrix is like very much a Shakespearean uh, trope. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But no, 
Uh, I'm saying it could have been played around with that. You know, Steiner has sworn fealty to uh, Dagger. Uh, he feels very strongly. Uh, you know, one might argue, you know, like paternal feelings towards this person who he is meant to protect. Uh, and here is Aiko, a much younger version of of Dagger. You know, they're both summoners. They they're both lonely, and Steiner sees how lonely Dagger is. Uh, and that's part of his his dilemma is that he's made these promises. Uh, and you know, does he, he does he do what he's sworn to do if it makes Dagger unhappy? Does he have a duty to help Aiko? who is a lot like Dagger in many ways, because he's and, a decent human being. And in traditional, like, storytelling styles, like, if he had just brought it up with Dagger directly, she probably would have been like, yeah, go go help her out. Dude, it's cool. But yeah. he has to angst about it because play, drama, angst, yay. Mm. Yeah. That's a relationship that never gets explored because there are too many characters. Uh, yeah. And two of them did nothing. <laughs> I'd also... uh Okay, I'll, I'll spoil a little bit out of the ending. Uh, uh, at the end, Aiko gets adopted uh, by Regent Sid. Yeah. The the king of Lindblom. Re- Regent. Or ruler of Lindblom. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Lindblom has no king. Lindblom needs no king. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was really dark when he lit his son on fire, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, like, more uh, more of them interacting. Mm, yeah. Of uh, Aiko and uh, Sid interacting. Because, like, it felt like kind of like n- none of the other characters are adopting this uh, this child that you who uh, went to battle with. <laughs> Fine assholes. <laughs> uh, maybe it turns out Aiko has sort of a your engineering mind because ah. yeah. Sid is also an engineer. He designs airships, uh, including one that runs without mist. That was a plot point. Mm. Aiko is a resourceful child, considering yeah. she. Yeah, it was just her and a bunch of Moogles. For years. Uh, but yeah, Aiko and Freya, I don't think, do that much. Basically, Aiko's really important, and she doesn't get a lot to do either. Well, that's fair. Yeah. She talks to Zidane, she talks to Dagger. And, and she talks to Vivi. She yeah. talks to Vivi, because they're both young. And then the, and then she gets kidnapped. Because uh, uh, she also has some idols to steal. What? I'll always be with you. Kupo. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Kupo. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, so while uh, Alex removes Amaranth to lift up Freya, uh, I remove Amaranth and uh, Quinna, because uh, I have no qualms. <laughs> I lift up Aiko. And Freya. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Completely fair. So that was all three of us. Cat uh, is screaming into the void about how all this is stupid. Uh, I mean, oh, she no. wouldn't say it like that. Uh- oh. Uh, cat's change is to add in more folklore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lean into the theater aspect. That gets that there gets kind of close to the folklore. There we go. We're going full Midsummer's Night Dream here. Actually, no, I know cat's change. Oh yeah, the fucking idol on wall. Uh, oh yeah, a thing that comes up halfway through the game, depicting the summoner tribe of which Dagger and Iko both belong. Uh, and their relationship to the Eidolons. Go on. Oh, yeah, the Eidolons don't do anything uh, after Alexandria gets destroyed, huh? True. Another thing to change. Ah. So maybe if I were Cat, <gasps> I, I would bring sort of the, the folklore around Eidolons, because clearly there's a folk tradition in them in the Summoner Village, uh, bring it out more into the general world building. Mm. Necron is an Eidolon of the universe. Ooh. That'd oh. be nice. Nice. I mean, awful or something. I don't know. 
It'd be really cool. Mm. Also, we need a Necron cult. Ah! <laughs> the cult of Necron. All right. All right. I think All we're right. good. I think we're good with that, with story changes. Do we have time for a quick game, y'all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to do Everything Changed When the Baristas Attacked, our alternate universe game. We're going to take these characters and slap them somewhere else. Woo! I am going to go first because of who I am as a person. Yep, go yep. for it. And actually, because I'm going first, uh, I'm not actually going to think through anything I say. Not that I ever do, really. I have a history of speaking and then thinking about what I just said. <laughs> so I'm going to say College AU because uh, he doesn't love a good College AU. Standard. Yeah. Let's see. Dagger is the good student, not necessarily, you know, A plus student, but, you know, a good student. The Dane is the slacker who's taking the class because he thinks it's an easy A. But he's also, oh, naturally talented. The fucker. Yeah, he's one of those kids. It drives Steiner up the wall because he's trying really hard and his uh friend dagger who's he's known forever is also trying really hard uh and it's not fucking cute zidane okay <laughs> freya is the ta of course oh no are are aiko and vivi freshmen yes ah uh, nice kujo's the president of a rival frat because zidane is the uh, president of his frat the good no, frat no no pip <laughs> Pip. Mm. Kuja is the drama professor. No, if Zidane's a student, Kuja needs to be a student. Kuja is the president of the drama club. Uh, I don't think the drama club is a club in college, is it? Wait, Kuja's a grad student because he is canonically just a little bit older than Zidane. Yeah, yeah. In the drama department? Or the theater department? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zidane is, I've said, still president of his frat. Does this mean that Kuja lights the theater on fire at the very end? Kuja goes full on Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> um, he thinks it's really cool. No one else is impressed. Cool. Phantom of the Opera is also the, uh, the, the, the thematic underpinnings of this story. <laughs> Quinna gets a cameo as a student worker in the cafeteria and that is it. Yep. Amrit dropped out in the first week of classes. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Beatrix is just generally being more awesome than everyone. Freya has the long-distance boyfriend. Yes! And everyone thinks it's going really badly, but actually it's going really well. He's yeah. just like, he just forgets anniversaries. He's forgetful. What? <laughs> then it's like, I, I saw him walking down the street, and then stop, look down at his feet, and realize that he forgot to put on shoes. Freya. Yeah. Freya. Listen, it's really cute when he does that. <laughs> He's really smart, you guys. It was, <laughs> it was 20 degrees, Freya. There was snow on the ground. It didn't bother him. <laughs> nice. Okay. But yeah, uh, and shenanigans ensue. Nice. All right. Uh, Al, do you have one? Uh, Battle of the Bands. Oh shit. Oh, shit. Ha <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, the Dane was part of the Tantalus rock group, but now he's, uh, striking out on, on his own, cause, like, he's the youngest member of the band and, uh, and all that, but he needs to make his own band. And he's just found the singer, Rich Girl Old Dagger. Yeah. And so then it's like, you know, I've seen a lot of romantic comedies. I'll flirt my way until she is in my band. And, like, Freya, who is, 
the bassist, because she's cool, she plays bass. Hmm. It's like, that's not how it actually works. Betcha. Hmm. Huh. And the Dane thinks he's being so fucking fly when the Dagger had the fire for, or the battle of the bay, yeah, and for like a few weeks now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And, you know, the, and they gather, gather the rest of the party playing various instruments. I don't fucking know what they are. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but the battle of the bands tomorrow. Yep. You know who's going to fucking be there? Kuja. That jerk. Is it just going to be him? Can you, can one person be a band? Solo act. He has some weird clown guys uh, playing some of the other instruments, but like the band is just called, is just his name. Like who does that? <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah. So it's me now, right? So yes. this is going to be kind of like Pippin's, but kind of not. Okay. We're going to be going for magical high school anime. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> because the thing that popped in my head with uh, your thing earlier, Pip, is that Steiner is totally the overzealous class rep. <laughs> yeah. And we'll snitch on you in a second, but we'll also, like, like do double duty if he feels like he's, like, broken the rules somehow. Like, I must follow the rules. Ah! But, like, again, we have, like, Zidane probably uh, imagining school uniforms here. He's the one that has the shirt untucked. Ooh, the Because, boy. yeah, rebel. Uh, I'm wearing a, a hoodie underneath my a blazer isn't that like <gasps> aren't you like too hot yes yeah. also it's doki doki a memorial uh, high school mm. no oh man that just i'm just picturing it like garland is like the asshole homeroom teacher no he's the principal man okay principal okay okay kuja is the transfer student who is one year ahead mm. and is just trying to dick over zidane for reasons that we don't know yet why is he such an asshole i don't know is he an evil magane character sure <laughs> listen all i know is that in these sort of shows somebody needs to be wearing glasses yeah oh yeah, that, that are very shiny <laughs> yeah. yes they, they go opaque at the drop of a pin. Like, did you install LEDs in your glasses? No. And and here's the thing. Over the course of the story, Zidane's going to be teaching Dagger how to, like, loosen up and live life a little bit. But she's also going to be teaching him about how uh, maybe he should start accepting personal responsibility. Aww. What? And through their teamwork together, they're going to be overcoming all these magical challenges. Sounds fake. Through the power of friendship. Well, it's fiction. It's all fake. Never mind. Uh, Bren. Yeah. Bren. What? Are there going to be magical transformations? <sighs> I mean, yeah, trance. Yeah, nice. Which is another mechanic we never mentioned that actually plays an important part in the story. Uh, <laughs> the Super Saiyan thing I mentioned. Yeah, that could, that could play into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every episode, somebody goes trance. It'll be great. Yeah, uh, magical transformations might happen, but like, it's, it's mostly just, yeah, just the high school life, uh, type of anime with magic, because why not? I mean, there's magic in the original, might as well keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fratley is in a different school. <laughs> Fratley is in a frat. Fratley is in America right now for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we refuse to let Fratley go in all of this. <laughs> no, Fratley's cool. But yeah, that's me. All right. So that was, uh, Final Fantasy IX, you guys. Yee. Good work. So unsurprisingly, we managed to talk at length about it, and here I was worried. <laughs> no, this this is what we're here for. Cat leaves, we have an excuse to talk about video games. It's great. I mean, it's, it's like a pressure release valve. We need to do it every once in a while. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right, can you take us home, Pippin? All right. 
Uh, as always, if you have an idea or prompt to submit, head on over to nostoriesacred.com slash submission. Follow us on Twitter at nostoriesacred or send an email through contact at nostoriesacred.com. Your hosts have been Alex McDonald, Brendan McDonald, Pippin McDonald, and Catherine Crichton. Editing for this episode done by Brendan. Transcript done by Ashley DaCosta. Art by Jay Wolf. Show notes and transcript are available at nostoriesacred.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And please rate, review, and subscribe to No Stories Sacred. You can also visit our Patreon page to support the show and get neat rewards at patreon.com slash sacred. See you next time when we talk about the 1968 film Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, for real this time. Until then, we're No Stories Sacred, and any story can be changed. I'm Pippin. I'm Alex. I'm Brendan. And I'm Kat. And we're... No, no story, story is, is sacred. sacred.